Yes, yes, yes. It's another Sunday night here at Strong Island TV and Strong Island via Facebook Live right now. This is another episode of Money Marvin Company. I am DJ Faceoff. And over at our broadcast table, we have tonight the lovely Miss Brittany Marie. Hello, everyone. And I'm your host, Mr. Sunday Night, Money Marv, man of a conscious thought. And tonight, guys, we got some special, special company, y'all. You know what I'm saying? In the building. For those who don't know who this lovely young lady is, this is the CEO. Chief Executive Officer of YES. For some people that don't know what YES means, Youth Enrichment Services. This Marianne Pfeiffer. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Sitting with the company, guys. Sitting with the company. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? How are you, Miss Marianne? It's a pleasure to have you on our show. It's very nice to be here. I've watched some of these shows, and they're wonderful. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, folks, tuning in. We are Facebook Live. Am I Facebook Live? We're going to get Marianne situated so right So, everybody now. I've been bothering all day to watch <laughs> can now watch it live on my Facebook. Can you um, first speak about your position with the youth and um, the YES program? Sure. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Youth Enrichment Services. And uh, about my job, what I exactly right. I do. Okay. Well, as the executive officer, I do a lot of, um, well, I ensure everyone gets paid, that we have programs and services. I just not. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, I work with elected officials, community leaders, um, uh, the children, the families, to provide programs and services that meet the needs of each community. We primarily serve the town of Islip and all 12 school districts in the town of Islip. Um, I have a few different divisions of people. I have directors under me um, and a a chief operating officer. Uh, So we are a rather large organization, Uh, yet we're small, so we're still grassroots. So it's really challenging, it's exciting. I get to meet a lot of people, not just elected officials and, and they're wonderful and superintendents, but families, and that's really where you know the mission is definitely children and families how do you come up with the um the different programming and the programs like what is it what is the intention through the programs for the children like is it to keep them busy is it for no. after school or it's really it's really to enrich their lives and that's kind of a general vague kind of mission statement and the reason we do that is is because we want it to be all-encompassing that you don't have to be necessarily um, a poor child or a child in trouble. Okay. There are a lot of different programs and services. Right. Um, but our whole, what we base our entire strategy on is uh, advancing positive youth development, which is a uh, evidence-based strategy, and the components that are required to do that. And uh, so everything that we do, we kind of have that framework that we, we start from there. Okay. And we utilize within those programs evidence-based strategies. So things that have been proven to work other places Mm. that have been tried in um, East LA, for instance, if we're looking at different programs that might work to to create uh, more positive communities, um, to uh, give opportunities to kids that may not have them now. So again, we have three divisions. 
We have our direct programs, which are after-school programs, weekend programs, summer programs. <clears throat> then we have our uh, prevention services, which is another division. And in prevention services, I have a director as well. And, and she, Jess Olsenhoek, and she's going to hear me hopefully say that, uh, she really does everything to do with substance abuse and violence prevention. So we use evidence-based strategies, um, and those are strategies that New York State and the federal government say actually work. They've studied them over time. And she also runs coalitions, so groups getting each community together to say what is the substance abuse problem in our community, how can we reduce it? So we know we're in the middle of an opioid heroin crisis right, right. Um, beyond just gangs. So all of my communities are being really being hit by different things that we're trying to address. Um, and then my third division, which is uh, di my director, Mary Beth Harmon, she's our clinical director. We have an Article 31 OMH New York State Mental Health Clinic, and that's for children and families. And we have a psychiatrist. We have LCSW clinicians that work with the families. Um, we love it. We're in our second year. So it's very exciting work to be doing that intensive work. And my director of programs, of course, and development person is Carolyn Baez. I, she is responsible for a lot of the, there's so many services. And we serve about 10,000 kids, kids a year, so she has all her hands busy. And we have about 100 employees. Wow. See that? Yeston came a long way from when I was volunteering there as a kid. And when I was working there, yeah. Yeah, it came a long way. You know, they got I was a kid then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Is it is it like full circle for you to see um, people that have you know speak about it as adults? Your program is that is that something like great to be a part of to see someone who um, grew up basically? Yes. Tony was very Tony. I'm calling him Tony. Okay. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> get it. <laughs> you know. And you too. <laughs> don't. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know. But um. It's cool. Uh, listen, they a, don't he like was it. a he was a good kid. He was he kept everybody busy, <laughs> and he was a good kid and creative and um, had a lot of dreams. And uh, here he is today. You know, he's involved with with working with the community himself. Right. So even though I give credit to him, um, we like to think that some of the staff that worked there at the time, and there are a couple that are still there, including me, had some impact, we hope. Right. But it's just important that no matter where he got that, no matter what, he, you know, he ended up in a good place. Right, right. And that's what we want for the kids. And sometimes it's a longer route for some kids than others, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, that's what's gonna happen. But uh, actually, our COO, Michael McGrath, you would remember. Yeah, yeah. So, and he's Mike my. Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just trying to get their names out because I get to do this, and uh, it's great. But there are so many people working right now, getting ready for tomorrow, that uh, you know I'm really proud of, and, and and their dedication because you don't make a lot of money in this business, mm -hmm. but I think that they're in it for the right reasons. Definitely. And there are so many others that I could just list name after name, and they know who they are that are really working hard. Now, you know, I know Yes evolved so much since, you know, me and DJ Face Off been there. You say Kenneth. You can say Kenneth. Kenny and Tony. Tony. I didn't say last yeah. names. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't remember too much of that. I, the good thing that I could say for me coming to Yes, you know, I got to do a lot of things that 
I didn't, you know, I wouldn't have got to do if I stayed in my neighborhood, you know, in, in a positive aspect of it. And I mean, some of us kids, we had shenanigans going on, but I learned something and it taught me how to be a humanitarian. And that's what I got from this young lady here, you know, over the years of just volunteering in the community. She actually presented me with my first town citation. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, from from the yeah, from the town supervisor at that time, Peter McGowan. And I just see like when I when I don't get to see the Yes program very much cuz I know a lot has changed. So it's like when I go back to the old building, I'm like, they're not even there anymore. Like, wow, you know, like and the things that I've learned for over the years just from volunteering and being involved in the community, it just it helped out a lot. It helped out a lot because I could have definitely, you know, I've had my moments where I veered off a little bit, but at that time I needed that after school program to go to, whether it was the drop-in program, the tutoring program that they would do it, take some kids from Central Islip and take them to the Brentwood rec place and see Marianne looking yeah. like I, I still remember that. So Now, yeah. what, as a parent, what could you do if you, if you, if your school doesn't have um, a yes program or something like oh, that? Oh, good question. Um, you can call yes, <laughs> and we'll try to uh, work with the organizations that might serve the area. We do get phone calls all of the time from other townships. Again, we primarily serve the town of Islip, which just in a nutshell for people who are watching that may not know, that's uh, Bayshore, Brentwood, Central Islip, West Islip, Islip, East Islip, Sayville, Oakdale, uh, Holbrook, uh, Bayport, Blue Point, and all the uh, Hop Hog we have some okay. of, half a Sachem, our Islip kids. So, uh, and the different levels. Obviously, we have a lot of focus area right now on Bayshore, Brentwood, and CI. Again, um, there's, there, there is this high need, but I think every community has their needs. Mm -hmm. And um, like, again, we have a lot of a lot going on in some of our other parts of the town that have to do with the heroin crisis. Yeah. And so, you know, that's been a lot of strategizing. Like I had, well, go back to our prevention services, those coalitions and getting the people to the table to talk about what might work, what can they do in their communities. There was a um, great parade today that was held out in the Bayport Blue Point area and uh, they had an alcohol-free zone for St. Patrick's Day, Every, all the locals. And We've seen that, we've seen that earlier today. And, and our kids made signs and, you know, that coalition worked for that and they worked hard. We, we've seen um, legislator Tom Silmy go after social host law, which means that you can't allow kids to be drinking in your house, that it's, you know, it's now a misdemeanor and enforceable and uh, Tim Sinney. So we have a lot of great players mm -hmm. that have come along and it's just a matter of education. I don't think that parents intentionally do things. I think that it's misinformation sometimes right. uh, or not understanding that even though it's only alcohol, you know, mm. alcohol is a gateway. Right. Nobody starts off with heroin, you know, no, and, we, and, and getting that education out there. So uh, I, I would suggest other communities, you know, see what services you have, call up your local township. They, most of the towns in Long Island have a youth bureau as per New York State law and go from there. But we're always opening, open up to um, helping other communities. Not necessarily that we're gonna do that, but locating the resources and who might be able and to And help do plant something. the seed for it. Right, right. Because we're really one island. You know, our kids yeah. move around 
and so what effect what somebody's doing in one part of our town affects the other, the other part. part. So definitely. Um, whatever. something I was gonna. So now, when did Youth in Richmond? Yes actually form and, and and begin what year did that take place and when did you get involved like exactly in the <laughs> beginning let's get back to the let's get, <laughs> well it was actually uh the current town supervisor angie carpenter she and a group of uh people um got together and they didn't really have youth services in the little hamlet of west islip and that's where it began was in west islip and she and some other people and I, I hate to leave people off but they really did that hard work uh, Tom Buttigavoli, uh, Doug Chappie, um, Diane Mano, Maria Pecorale, lots of people. I'm not going to keep going yeah, on that yeah, one, but <laughs> they got together. It's before me, and they decided that they wanted youth services for this little hamlet. A few years later, I, that was in 1987, we just celebrated our 30th anniversary. I came along in the 90s. We're going to leave that <laughs> a long time ago. And I was a kid. That's why Tony and I were friends. But anyway, I came along, and um, at the time, the town was looking to uh, cut down so much on administration and kind of merge these organizations. So yes, put in a competitive bid, and we were selected to do um, Bayshore, Brentwood, and CI as well. So that was when we originally went into uh, those communities a long, long time ago, but it was when I was first there, and, uh, and then I met Tony, actually, and the kids, and kids there out in... See centralized with many kids in Brentwood, um, and then years and years later, we've grown to serve the entire town. Work with uh, South Shore Community Organization and uh, the Youth and Family Counseling Program. We took that program and we worked, and then we made a mental health clinic. So, but we've had so many supporters over the years that they all deserve mention. And I never like to sit here and say I did it alone. Yeah. And uh, so again, the town has been a huge support for Yes because they provide us. Um, they support us in our uh, facilities and trying to find space for our programs. Um, they support us in a lot of ways that uh, are, are huge for us. And, um, and we're part of their Youth Bureau Division. They subcontract with us, as well as the county. Uh, they subcontract with us as well. And there have been many people over the years that uh, just come to mind as I go through that and say their commitment was to youth and families, and they knew our commitment. Sometimes, you know, you, you, you have to balance things. It's not always easy, definitely. that road, but it's definitely worth it. So now, does yes, I know you have all these, you know, prevention programs. So now you guys have a gang prevention program for yes. kids as well? Yes. So there were a couple of things that when we look at gangs, and that's a hot word right now, and everybody has the answer, and I don't think any of us really have <laughs> one answer, but one of the things we do know that, um, a lot of a lot of violence whether it's gang violence or kids are more violent whatever that is a lot of it has to do with the way kids might feel about themselves mm -hmm. and maybe the trauma they've suffered in their lives right so you know again and i always stay out of the political realm so i'm going to say that right now but when we have immigrant children coming to the country i i have to serve them you know meaning I, I don't get into all the politics. We have to make sure that all of our kids are safe. Yeah. So that's why I always make that announcement. I'm not here to politically advocate anything. I'm just saying my job is look at the look at the general youth population where we do a violence prevention program, Too Good for Violence, and it really is a self-esteem building, conflict resolution. It's intensive um, that the kids go through. 
and that again is evidence-based and that that can go from grades K through 8 and then there's a high school program okay. when you're looking at other things with gangs mentoring uh, the federal government did a study and they said well basically nothing really works against gangs except for we really think there's a, this mentoring thing is a good thing so we need a lot of people to volunteer their time to mentor young people now these people that do that work in this particular area with that now are they all are they ex-cons or college I, I just gotta ask I mean I'm gonna just say right. I can't relate to nobody with mm -hmm. a Harvard degree if you right. ain't Right. come from where I come from. I, I just well, that's be why honest. it's critical for the staffing to represent the communities. So it doesn't mean that everybody's white or everybody's black or everybody's Hispanic. Um, yes, we do have staff that have grown up in Hempstead that have had their fair share of challenges, you know. Um, so I think everybody has a, a, a piece to play. That's, a, that's how I handle that. And I can't out any of my staff, obviously. Yeah, 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 but no um, doubt, no doubt. and 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 the interesting thing is, all of our our staff are background checked and fingerprinted. So everyone goes, "Wow, that means you can never." Well, no, the state works really intensively with us to make sure that people can bring something to the kids that may or may not have done things in the past. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they would not be child sex offenders or yeah, anything yeah, like yeah, that. No. You know, they're like. But again, so I, I, I it's all different people make up. So without getting into the individual personalities, so our prevention staff, um, I mean, just off the top of my head, uh, one person comes from Wyandanch, grew up there her whole life, and um, another person comes from, I want to say, North Bellport. And if I'm wrong, excuse me, I try to remember. <laughs> you know, uh, one's from Central Islip, so we go from there. One's from Sayville. So again, we're talking about substance abuse. So it's yeah. not just that. Everybody has to be from one area because, you know, everyone has, all my communities are seeing challenges right yeah. now. And none of them are bad, they're just being challenged. And we're, we're really seeing challenges in the past five and 10 years that we've never seen before. Yeah, I think that those particular communities in the town of Iceland, gentrification is a, was a part of it, you know, low income housing and you know, the drug dealing, the prostitution, the different things, I, I think all play an effect on this gang thing. I don't, I, not, I can't ever, I don't really like to use the word gang too much because law enforcement's a gang, the military's a gang. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm gonna say group of people. Right. You, you know, group, group, different groups of people, you know, and it's not really, to me, it's not about race, it's about human issues. We all have the same issues. Whether in my household it may have been alcoholism, drug addiction, in this person's house, this someone in their family may be molesting them, and you, you know those different, you know, as you said again, it talks about something. So those different things sometimes play different factors in people's lives where they leave their household and they don't know how to, I guess, function to some degree in society when you're dealing with those type of skeletons and those things that you have. And sometimes it's like, people say, you need to talk to someone. But do I talk to someone who really doesn't know? Or can I talk to someone that's a little bit more relatable? You know, to have an idea. Not to say that the person that isn't relatable doesn't have any knowledge or insight. Mm -hmm. They may give me a outside the box perspective on some things and not judging anybody because we all have flaws. Exactly. We all we all have <laughs> exactly. issues, you know, and 
And I just think that the gang culture, if that's what that's the political term, term that they want to use, posse crew, right. you know. And I, I'm just language, y'all. I'm gonna say tonight language, and, and we, you know, the different words, gang, posse, crew, um, homeboys, homegirls. Yeah. You know how you want to word it to me. It's right. all the same thing. And I just think that when you got certain areas that are taken by you know, drugs and heavy crime and, you know, it's like, all right, we can attack it by, you know, law enforcement can attack it by arresting people and that's not going to change anything because you take 10 drug dealers off the street, uh, 10, you know, people who, 10 other people who indulge in other nefarious activity, you take them away, you got... 10 and 10 more people coming right behind them, you know what I mean? So it is a, it is very challenging, I could say, for community groups and families who are affected by these things. And I've seen a lot of younger guy, younger people in all these neighborhoods, you know, not just from people getting shot and killed, people overdosing on heroin. I think, what, 2016, what they have about 312 people and in Suffolk or something like that a couple of years ago. And more in 2017, the latest uh, came out for that. So yes, we what are a lot more significant uptick. Primarily in, um, well, Brookhaven's our largest populated town, but also, I mean, I, uh, in Issa, Sayville, Bayport, Blue Point, uh, you know, on that south corridor there. Yeah. Um, and again, there are so many good kids in Brentwood. There are so many good kids in Save And you're not a bad kid because you have addiction. You're not a bad kid because you, because you made a mistake and got involved in something. So again, we try to remain judgment free. Definitely. I mean, the other thing is when you're looking at the strategies, there was a, a thing that we did, uh, Alex Lopez, Dr. Lopez, he grew up in Newark and he came and he uh, invited me to a meeting when he was out at Stony Brook. Here he was, you know, had his doctorate and, and yet, you know, he's the real deal. He came from Newark. And he said, I just recently started playing golf and I love it. So why can't kids that I grew up with or similar to me play golf? And we started this with him. Of course, he was our leader, Dr. Lopez. He's a great guy. He started this Gangs to Golf thing and everybody was like, Gangs to Golf? Well, I mean, that was just kind of, you know, um, what was being called, but it was called Par 4. We still do it to this day. It's a mentorship program, taking the kids out there. Why do certain kids not play golf? You know, what is that? Or tennis. And we and and our kids really, we took them over to South Road Hill Country Club and they were amazing in a short amount of time, how, how much of a skill. But his point about golf was it's really a life skill. It's about rules. It's about, you know, the biggest business deals happen on the golf course. Women have been, and I should play golf. Angie Carpenter's watching, <laughs> thinking that right now, but that's okay, Angie. She's a golfer. But I mean, this is, we're leaving people out. I mean, if you think about the business dealings, I mean, on the golf course, it's amazing. Our presidents play golf, mm -hmm. our CEOs do. So why aren't we teaching all of our kids? Right. And, and so that program is a mentorship. And that is really something that you take kids and you give them a passion for something. Not every kid wants to play basketball. Not every kid wants to play football. Yeah. So here's another avenue. We also then got involved with the USTA in tennis mentoring, and it's the same thing. 
Um, I take you. I don't know, Tony. You probably went ice skating. I make my kids go ice skating. That may not be cultural. You know what? Sensitive. Did I take you? And, yeah, yeah. And my kids fell all over. And my staff did. But you know what? It's they experience. skated. Yeah. You know, and that's what I was getting at earlier about like doing things that I normally wouldn't do. Right. You know, ice skating. Getting out of your comfort zone too, and out of the neighborhood. You know, and that actually saved my life. You know, I can honestly say that saved my life, you know. You know, some people, it didn't. Some people, right. mm -hmm. it did, you know. And I think that's choices and the roads people take, you know. Some people may choose to do a life of crime. Some people choose to indulge in drugs and alcohol and other things. And, like... Real quick, I'm just gonna say this as we talk about these critical issues. You know, I was talking with a group of kids, group of teenagers, and at this time, you know, I was just coming from a situation, and I just had to, you know, speak to these, speak to these teenagers, and it was at risk youth, you mm -hmm. know, and and we were talking and just shooting the breeze about, you know, life, different things that were going on, and then. And I was telling, and it was all ethnicities, black, white, Asian, different kids, and I said, listen, y'all keep getting in trouble. Listen, some of y'all gonna be in somebody's rehab, some of y'all gonna be in somebody's prisons, and they making prisons for you to come. And I used to say the same, and somebody said, they making it for you to come. And I can honestly say, I went. I didn't know when I was gonna get there, but I got there, and I said, well, how they need me, Tony? How they know I'm coming? But they know you coming. And one kid's like, oh, how you know I'm coming? I'm too smart for that. We all think we too smart. We all think we smarter than this one, that one. Hey, they ain't Kids are invincible, <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely, know, hey, you, you the know. feeling of invincibility is a challenge as adults to tell kids, even now. And like now that I'm older and I see like life experiences when older people would say things to me, I think, oh man, they just <laughs> running their damn yeah. mouth. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, and now that I, you know, I'm at the age that I am, and I'm like, damn, you know, I didn't get, I didn't, I didn't catch the memo. It took me 20 years to catch the memo that they were trying to give to me. It's like when we have jobs. And I might say, damn, man, I might work for Marianne. Marianne pissing me off. <laughs> but down the road, there was there's a message in that, you know, like Marianne would say, well, listen, I need people who gonna come here and work and not be told what to do. And I might say, well, Marianne just being a B, right? Mm -hmm. But down the road, that applies to paying bills, doing things. You, I need people who know what they're supposed to do, not to be told what to do. And kids, you have kids, teenagers, you have to guide them. You can't tell them what to do. Give them the options and the choices. Yeah. And when you're telling someone what to do, it's like, it's like telling a 50-year-old man, yo, don't go outside. You know, you gonna, you know, man, some hell gonna hit you in the head. And I'm saying, well, I'm 50 years old. I'm grown. You can't tell me what to do. So like I said, option, different ways of, I guess, getting a message across. You know, and I see a lot of different community-based organ organizations out here, and they're doing a lot of good things. Mm -hmm. You know, here in Nassau, they have the Strong Program. Mm -hmm. That's, you, am I right? You know what the Strong Program is? 
Mm. And now, so I think it's, I don't know, I don't know I'm if they're sure, from, out, from out our way or Hempstead. whatever. Hempstead, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They have their thing, what they work a little bit different from Yes, right. but, you know, I could honestly say, like, Youth Enrichment Services actually done a lot for me over the years, and it made me. I mean, for for me, I mean, Marianne actually <laughs> taught me how to drive. <laughs> Both of them together taught me how to drive. And then. What made it worse is when I got my license, they put me in New York City to come home. <laughs> Which was crazy, but... Oh, my goodness. You know, without, without Marianne here, I would have not... Um, Had a license. Got in the, no, I would have gotten into college. Actually, I, yeah, I would have not have gotten into college for the brief stint that I was there. You know, um, it was a requirement back when I was there that you had to it still is work a there and yes. also go to college. It still is? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, hey. Because, you know, I just assumed back then that, you know, yes was more of an educational gear type of program. Not really so much. Well, we got a yes football tournament thing we're going mm -hmm. on. You know, it was more towards education. You know, and I think education is, is extremely important because we never stop learning. And there's a lot of community service and volunteering. I always remember seeing Tony and Kenny and yes. um, yeah. Richard Simon. Rich Simon. Oh, we could go back. Steve, yeah. Sean, Lewis. Yeah. Back in Renee. the day. Oh, Renee or still involved. Vicky yes. Galan, still supporters. I mean, do you? I guess nobody ever really leaves. They just circle no, back we around. No, we just come back and say, hey, how y'all yeah, doing? Is right. there any kind of education to... Um, Get the parents involved. Like, you yes. know, you have something for the children to mm -hmm. we have to steer them. But mm -hmm. what do you? What education do you offer to the parents so that when they go home, there's a different like environment? Well, that's critical because um, even though I, I, I'm going to say it, it's not a oh, political yes. statement. It takes a village and all those not for profits out there that are doing the good work. It's not only yes. Um, it's the village. It's the elected officials. It's the community leaders. It's people like yourselves. Even this show. So um, now we get we, we go full circle to parents, and our parents are faced with a lot of challenges. Mm -hmm. So what we try to do is um, we have family nights, and we pack the place. I, I would love for you guys to come and just check it out. We get 200 parents in there, and it's amazing. Nice. And they come in. Um, we have dinner. We we provide. Uh, you know we want them to uh, we want them to uh, come as a family, eat with us, and then. Now that the parents are watching, we have different speakers. We have tables set up of other not-for-profits, maybe health care, yeah. um, maybe housing, mm -hmm. uh, you know, prevention of mortgage foreclosure. We have different tables that are set up of other community groups, um, Pronto, Adelante, Family Service League, I could rattle them off. But um, we have that going on. Then we have a guest speaker. So let's say last year Northwell came in and they did stroke prevention because what a lot of people don't realize is that you can be in your 40s and have a stroke and what they really don't realize, brown and black people have at a younger age strokes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And in fact, we had an employee, obviously to remain nameless, who actually during that year, that we that was our stroke year, actually suffered a stroke uh. as a young woman and in perfect physical health. Evidently, you know, but I mean, so... I'm trying to think what this year is, uh, a lot to do with banking and loans and you know things like that. So we pick different things and the parents get educated that way. One thing we don't do to our parents is say this is what you should be doing and, and preach at them. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, we do always nutrition. We have cooking and uh, we have a cookbook that's put together for to make things healthier options. That's a big kick right now, better nutrition. So we have a lot of cultural dishes that may not be the healthiest. So we don't wanna take the culture away, but we wanna say, why don't we just put less of this and maybe more of that? Including Italian dishes can be made healthier. It doesn't have to not taste good. Mm -hmm. It's just one step healthier, we right. say. So we provide that. The kids learn how to make it, um, and then the recipes go home in a book. And again, it's not preaching at the parents because the parents have so many things on their plate, but also they're also the, they're the experts too with their kids. Yeah, you know, that's something we don't want to lose and we want to always be careful of our cultural differences that bring us together because I love different cultures and you see me eating on the family nights where we try to do the different so cultural foods. So you eat greens and... <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I'm Texas, first of all. So for me, that's southern cooking. <laughs> okay, so you know. See, I know. But anyway, um, yeah, so we do things like that. We bring, we also ask the parents to not only so be passive, we've had um, certain sites and programs have done where the parents and the kids do like a field day. Mm -hmm. Awesome activities. But we also ask the parents, why don't you come in and guest speak? I don't care what the parent does for a living. They can bring something into the room. Can you volunteer? Can you be part of this trip? We got Nick's tickets, a parent that's really involved. You know, do you want to chaperone? So it goes from there that those are the things, the strategies to make parents feel welcome. And through that, you strengthen that relationship. Mm -hmm. Our focus too is to get parents to, to feel comfortable at yes, and then to build that relationship with the schools a lot. Some of our families are very disconnected from the schools. You know, and so we want to kind of work that angle too, to get them more involved, to trust the school. Um, I'm not saying that the school is or isn't trustworthy, but you know, learn how to advocate for their child. And um, so we, we try to do a lot of things like that. And I hope we don't preach at the parents. We try to make it something like stroke awareness, not always like, do you know that your child should be doing 1.5 hour, you know, hours of homework every night? You know, yeah, we want to really, some, we do things like resume building to, so they can get a better job. Yeah. I mean, you know, part of building and helping the family and enriching the family is really helping the parents. Sometimes it has nothing to do about right. the kids. And then they, they, they really do trust and you. And showing them where to start because they've been in this position for so if long. If I had to get a new job, yeah. I'd have to go to that workshop. Right, you know, definitely. I mean, I've just, right, exactly. So. You know, those are things that never speaking down to parents because again, they're on the front line or my staff who are on the front line and really hearing their perspective. Yeah, man. Yes, was oh. a lot of people's. <laughs> they were a lot of people's parents when their parents weren't actively involved. Yeah. I can say when I was coming. I don't know. The, I don't know how. Oh yes, now. I give it to my staff. All of my staff are mentors. So even the very act, like oh, when you, you came. Tony, all of those people mentored you, you know, Absolutely. it wasn't like yeah. where we met once a week. Anytime I was over at a centralized office, and by the way, we're right in the next building. Oh, that okay. whole facility, the town is very generous to us. We put our prevention services where you used to hang. So that's oh, more okay. offices you're seeing. Oh, but anyway, okay. I and Kenny, I always saw though, Tony was always there. <laughs> I mean, through it all, he saw the drama of yes. I was first. a big brother. I guess I was a big brother in, in, in the actual streets because a lot of people came back in the day, and I was just like, "Yeah, it's open." Yeah. They'd be waiting before I, I didn't even have to get to work, and they'd be waiting outside. So I've yeah. seen a lot oh, of people still. grow and and prosper and everything. And I still run into a couple of kids that we know, and they'd be like, "You watched me back in the day, and you saw me be a bad, bad. You saw me tore out bad, but now 
I'm doing good. So it's it's kind of good when I can run into someone that used to go to the Yes Center and be like, hey, I remember you. Right. Stuff like that. Quick uh, question, Marianne. Now, does Yes, do they actually get involved with like ACS services as well with their kids too? Yeah, I mean, we do We do a variety of uh, things. We work with DSS. We work with uh, foster care, the different, different levels of homelessness. Absolutely. Um, again, and there are a variety of ways. Um, DSS and different groups or homeless organizations will enroll their, their, their youth, that families that are experiencing homelessness, into like our summer programs um, so that the kids have somewhere to go, their parents can try to get a job or whatever's mm -hmm. going on in their life. Also, the mental health clinic. Um, again, like I said, that we do have some court referred. We also have very quickly something that we didn't have when you were there, but we have um, a court-involved program for kids who are court-involved and working on some re-entry services as well when our kids come out of incarceration. Now with Raise the Age, we're preparing. So these are things that YES is trying to stay on top of. Again, our focus is children and their families in relationship to the child's well-being. So we really have a niche. We don't try to be all things to all people. So when we see raise the age, which um, is, is, is something that there's pros and cons about. Again, I stay out of the political. I know it's coming. I have to prepare that we're going to have kids that are going to need to be served in the community. But even our court-involved kids, as opposed to incarcerating them, we have opportunities. We work with Judge Camacho. We work with probation. We work with Hope for Youth. Um, and these kids have to do 15 hours in positive youth development. Now, they don't have to do it all at YES. They can. They can do it with a church group. They can do it with EOC. They can do it with another organization. Okay. Not all sizes fit all. I don't care if it's Boy Scouts. They could be on the school basketball team. A lot of times that's difficult if they've had behavioral issues. But again, the schools work with us. If they feel we're going to support the mental health of the child, they can get social work services, case management. They're old enough jobs. Um, but they have to be doing something. Now, if the judge or probation finds out they're not showing up, they're not doing this, they will answer for that. Okay, um, now, so they raised the age the age from, what, 16 to 18, 18 now? To, to try. So no longer. We're, we were the last of two states. I don't want to get the other state wrong, but I think it's North Carolina. That still try kids, 16 and 17-year-olds, as adults and also adult facilities. That has changed. Of course, for more violent crimes, there will be spe specific things yeah. ordered for that. But I think that um, it's of its time. What we saw with 16 and 17 year olds, they're still 16 and 17, and we need to treat it as such. Um, we need to make sure that they're not in any way incarcerated at any time with adults. Yeah, um, I'm, I, you know, I'm actually glad they did that. There's, a, there's like a story, I forget the state, a, a young girl, I think she was, she shot her molester or someone who had been like raping her or something. Doing and she's something, doing yeah. life or something. But she was convicted as an adult when she was young, like similar to what you're saying. And now she's some of the crime, right? Some of the things would be that, you know, again, there would be certain. I, I don't know that case, but if let's say it's a, a gang killing, then the kid's not really going to be. He's going to be incarcerated and then eventually probably turned over. I don't want to say for sure, but I would think into the adult system yeah, absolutely. and things like that will happen because they're more violent mm -hmm. offenders. But we're talking about kids with possession, maybe they're dealing a little, you know, like they're still kids. Yeah. And the, I'm not naive, there are kids that are hardcore, you know, not I mean, I'm, we're not, but we still need to not give up on our young people. Mm -hmm. And um, so these programs or re-entry, what happens when a kid has been incarcerated and he's coming back out? We have a new sheriff um, and so 
reentry services are being looked at. What happens when they return to the community? Well, now they've already been in trouble. So there's that badge, good or bad. Um, you know, they've been out of the community. They've seen some other things. So you want to make sure somebody's there to greet them. Be, you know, kind of check in with them. Mm -hmm. How's it going? Because recidivism is higher in, in young people, you know, and you don't want to create career criminals that just feel more comfortable in the system. Yeah, definitely. You know, and again, a lot of this goes back to um, trauma, so PTSD. It's not overused. Lots of our kids in foster care, and not blaming foster parents who end up in foster care, um, children who are immigrants, uh, whether they're documented or not, um, other, like you said, have had other experience in their lives. Yeah. This trauma drives some of the violence, some of the anger. So, again, when uh, when something occurs, sometimes it's the first time. Maybe it's graffiti, the cars on the LIE. I can think of the different cases yeah, yeah. where they kind of went in there. So the kid's 14 or 15. And it's a lot of damage. So you want to work with those kids. You want to know what's making them tick. Here are, the, here are some services. Let's get them some mentorship. Mm. Let's get them working in the summer. Let's see if we can um, put the brakes on what's going on and also help this young person. Sometimes it's just they're acting out. It's not, you know, I mean, that's an yeah, acting yeah. out. Like somebody noticed me, I'm in pain. Yeah. And the stories are incredible not to go in here, what our, young, our girls have faced. When you have girls that come in that have been involved in the, the court system and are getting these kinds of sentences, you can believe that they've been through a lot of trauma. So again, all the kids. So we try to, we're doing that program. And, uh, you know, bringing it to the next level that the kids re-entering can be part of that. It's a, it's a good program. We worked with Hope for Youth for years on it. Um, it's something that I'd like to see more of. I don't think incarceration is the only way with, uh, you know, even if they're in the, uh, the detention homes for the kids. We all know what happens there. Oh, well, definitely, of course. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. I don't know. Let's take a brief second. Uh, shout out to Alexander Lopez. Yeah, you got Rhonda Glenn in the, in the check-in. Yeah. Tempe Jenkins. Uh, who else here? Um, uh, there's a lot of people yeah, here. I don't want to miss nobody. But um, definitely call in 516-945-9099. 516-945-9099. If you have any questions you want to answer or you need questions answered, don't be, please call in, call in. 516-945-9099. And folks, our Sunday night subject is community issues. You know what I mean? We're not here to get political and all that other stuff. We're just talking about our youth of today because the youth of today is our future. That's the way I see it. As they say, you know, the youth, like, far as when I'm with the Elks, and they say, yeah, you know, we're geared towards the youth, you know, and those are Elks of the future. And so same thing, I, I think, with yes, and, and I think you guys do a great job in all these communities, and I think that it's a wonderful program for parents and children to be involved in. I didn't know that y'all was even doing this amount of stuff. You just... <laughs> you were you, gone a long time. <laughs> yeah, you, you just blew me away. Wow, like, that that shows me that you're doing something right. Your organization is doing something right, and you guys are moving in a better direction to help individuals and families, and we need more of that, especially in this day and age with all this craziness in the world, you know, 
mass shootings and this going on, that going on. Like, yo, the world, it, it's a pretty crazy world out here nowadays. And, and our kids are seeing it all. Yeah. Social media, which is a great thing, but it, it's really putting a lot of stress and anxiety on our kids as well. I was going to say, they're watching you, us as adults really you, play this out. Do you have kids uh, that have the fear of being in school or have come to you guys about that because there's so many shooting in school shootings or any? Well, I would think that's normal, but I know that our school districts, and that's a shout out to all of them, are really working hard on even addressing March 14th, you know, with that school walkout. What are some ideas that we can do to keep everybody safe and remember the, 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 the victims of the shooting? And again, um, I think my school districts are doing an amazingly safe job, and I'm going to knock wood and, and working with them and knowing when I go in, even if they know me, that I'm going through the process because that's the process. Yeah. You know, our, our districts are doing a wonderful job. Um, but yes, of course, I think students wouldn't, it would be impossible for, I mean, do you feel that way when you hear about a mall shooting? You go to the mall that first day or two? I mean, you kind of probably think about it briefly. I don't think it's something that our kids should be concerned with. Uh, but we should always be aware. So, I, and as someone in this in this school, directly, um, how come it may be a little bit more to it than this? But how come more schools don't have uh, metal detectors in every school? Like, that's just selected, and you know, how come that's not a, that's that, a, a normal thing? Um, uh, uh, go ahead and answer, Mary. <laughs> I mean, off the record, not identifying any school district administrators I speak with. Um, there are a lot of issues because then there's a perceived that everyone is safe. There's a perception of safety whenever you add something like that, that everybody's going to be through that metal detector. But it's also a school, and maybe we are getting to that point that schools will begin to do it, but it's still a place of learning. Because you look at inner and city socializing. schools, and mm -hmm. a lot of inner city yeah. schools already have it automatically. Mm -hmm. Why is, but, you know, up suburbia. That is very controversial. So what I'm going to say on that issue you know, is hey. I'm going to say that we just try to provide places for the kids to feel safe and to do these programs and to give them a voice. And, and, and certainly if we, um, but we certainly privy and obviously have conversations with, with the districts. And there are always pros and cons to that. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, why don't we just house police officers in the schools? Besides the expense, is um, is that where we're at? And that's a decision each community and that's school district's going yeah. to make for themselves. Right. Um, but I don't know. Oh, then you know they want teachers with they want to arm teachers with guns, and I'm like hell. A teacher might have a bad day and might just start <laughs> capping people off. <laughs> yeah, look, you just don't know. You don't know what's in somebody's mind, you know. Isn't it crazy that we even have to have these conversations? Because I, I, I want to just go to that. I think that we just need to focus a lot. I'm going to keep that gun thing out of my... Again, I only do what I can do in my the communities yeah. I work with, but I just go back. Mental health, mental health, mental health. These kids are not kids unbeknownst to us. Um, and I'm not blaming anyone that either. I'm not going to sit here and play. There are lots of kids that could possibly do it. You know, you can't incarcerate everybody who says something either. So yeah, yeah, we've right. got to look better at the mental health services. We've got to do more. We've got to make sure our kids have that. And it's not the only answer, but there are amazing things that, that a young person can get when they're feeling anxiety. There are, there are amazing, amazing. Carla, what's your name? Money Marvin Company. You call me mommy. 
Mama Love, what's going on? <laughs> what's happening, Mama Hi, guys. Hello. I, I am just calling to thank Marianne and the YES program to be part of the village to help to raise my sons. Kenny, you too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Tony was really dedicated to that program. He'd come in and say, I gotta go, I gotta go. Where are you going? And as he went out the door, I'm going to the wreck. And I knew where he was. I, I knew where he was. I mean, I could count on him being there. And I, I thank you guys so much for that program, keeping it going. Um, just thank you so much. You're welcome, and we're so, um, thank you for calling, and I hope that a lot of my staff were able to get on tonight, because I want to just keep saying, <laughs> I've got to say, because yes. tomorrow morning I'm um, going to be, oh, I'm yeah, going to hang up and let someone else <laughs> But I mean, for everyone right, that's checking in, I mean, Erin uh, Rizza just came in, Sylvia A. Diaz just came in, so there's a lot of people hey, listening. Hey, Sylvia, hey, Aaron. There are a lot of <laughs> people you. checking, so. You're, you're actually in the clear, Marianne. You, you're not going to get that many calls. You might get calls from someone that doesn't work at Yesa. I tried to watch it, but don't worry. You can watch it tomorrow. We'll have it on the site. You can watch it. Everyone will send you the link so everyone can get a, get a view of it. Great. Now, what keeps this motivation within yourself to keep going and keep doing this? Like, What gives you that drive, that, that passion to be so involved in in, in, in all these different programs and resources that you put out there like what keeps that motivation going? I think our kids rock I think town of Islip kids in the house they rock <laughs> no um and they do I, I, all kids do I just have that passion I love 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 kids I don't care what age um I just it's it's incredible opportunity and I have a great board it's just the people I work with I mean we laugh um, and we have a lot of sad times sometimes, you know, we go through some rough times when we lose one of our kids, violently especially, um, you know, and, and the community grieves together. I mean, we have elected officials who grieve and they genuinely, you know, reach out. Uh, and yeah. uh, so I think that it's just knowing that through the rough times, there's going to be, there's going to be more good times, yeah. you know, and, and when we lose a young person or they end up incarcerated um, and my staff, Especially when they're newer to it, they, they you know, it's, it's tough seeing them go through that. They're upset. Yeah. And I, I try to say things that will comfort them, you know, uh, well, maybe yes was the only good thing that that young person had for that amount of time. We're not changing anyone's world for them. They're going to make that choice. Right. And that's the thing I caution in interviews. So you guys who've sat through interviews know that, that, you know, <laughs> don't think that or at the trainings. You're not saving at lives. People save their own lives. You're giving them opportunity. But, you know, so you think about that. It, it, it doesn't mean that everyone's going to be okay, but it, it's, they got to be a kid while they're at yes. And you know the laughs and the funny stuff that went on. Not to get on to it here. And the, the staff. Got another caller. Money Marvin Company, where's your, what's your name, where you're from? This is Tammy Jenkins. I live in uh, Mastic Shirley, but I'm from originally from the town of Islip and worked with the Yes program for two years. Okay, Hi, okay. Tammy. Appreciate Hi. your call. Appreciate your call. <laughs> and your girls were part no. of our program. Excuse me? And the girls were part of the program. Brianna and well, Dominique. When I first started with Yes, I met Marianne. Um, 
she really inspired me and, and looked at my talents and my resume, and I worked with all aspects in the West Side Flip program. I worked in the after-school program. I worked in the office. I worked with the summer program. I worked with the special needs program. Both of my children attended. I had um, one child uh, that had special needs, Down syndrome. It was our second family, and um, it brought about wonderful memories, uh, excellent opportunities for my children and the other youth to uh, display their talents and to uh, really grow as a family, as a, as, as a community. Um, my youngest is now in Buffalo State going for music education and humanities. Uh, my Down syndrome daughter is now 25 and she's looking to start a inclusion program for special needs and it was a wonderful opportunity. I, I pursued uh, emergency response afterwards and uh, I developed breast cancer and in my heart I always want to be affiliated with the YES program and I plan on volunteering as well as my kids as, as, whenever we can, as much as we can. It's a wonderful program and I can I can believe how much it's grown because it's been one of the top organizations that I can say firsthand that really, really looked at the individuals, the, the staff, as well as the youth and really utilized um, their talents and their abilities and, and gave them a safe place and gave them some direction and some options that um, really was beneficial and, and, and growing in life as a whole. Wow, that's so, amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank yes, you, can't definitely. be. Miss you. <laughs> Thank you for amazing, calling. Amazing, amazing program. Amazing. Thank you so much for your call and shedding light on the Youth Enrichment Service Program in Marianne as well. Can I talk about our special needs program? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because yeah. Yeah. Yes, please, please, please. Thank you, Tambi. First of all, I just, this is... <laughs> talk to talk, yeah. Marianne. That's what you I did. just love this. I love all my programs. Shout out to all my staff, but I absolutely, and I think everybody who knows me knows yes. this, this program is amazing, and the people who work in it, Mike McGrath, see, all of my directors still do direct services. We don't lose sight that people stay in an office. They still have to have contact with the kids and do things. It keeps us all honest. Out there in the field. Out there in the field, so you're not just pushing papers. So Michael McGrath, the COO, he does this program, and uh, these kids love him. But anyway, it's, a, it's on Tuesdays and Thursday evenings. It's for children with developmental disabilities. So we have children with Down syndrome. We have children on the spectrum, um, verbal and nonverbal. Um, they're just awesome kids. I cannot say enough about, it's right downstairs from my office conveniently, that I say, oh, I'm gonna stop it and then I'm gonna get to my meeting. And inevitably, if it's a Tuesday or Thursday night meeting, I can't pull myself away. And I'm always walking in like 10 or 15 minutes after seven because it's from six to eight, the program. It is an awesome program. All of the kids there, um, we had kids that literally were nonverbal, and they could speak, they just never did, and they speak now. Their inclusion, we have high school students, shout out to uh, the different high schools, including the, the, you know, St. Anthony's, we have a whole group coming over. So it's all kids, and they, they come over, typical kids, we call kids that are not identified as having a disability. Let's just use typical, not normal, because I'm normal for my disabilities, you know? Yeah. But anyway, so... I just love the program. I think Mike McGrath does an awesome job with Alexia there. 
But those kids and those parents, um, you see kids flourish, that they're interacting. The reason I got involved with that is for years, you, it, it's intimidating to work, or you think it is, to work with kids with higher special needs. Wow. And you never saw these kids in regular types of programs. You just would see them at the mall, get out of the van, you know? Yeah, and you yeah, said, yeah. and I always said, why? Why are they not in my program? And I know my staff were hesitant. So we had an opportunity with an organization in Massachusetts, believe it or not, that reached out to New York and this organization funded us. Not a lot of money for two years, came in and trained us. That was years ago, this, we kept this program going. Um, I know that every once in a while I get an email from them and they're, they're just delighted about it because most people go away, you know, the program goes away without the money. Yeah. It is a program we are dedicated to and I will tell you, it's 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 the great equalizer. I have, I have community leaders' children in there, and I have kids that you know are coming from foster care. It does not matter. Um, all of my programs, I feel, are. But I, I just love that program. And if you have a, a, a child between 14 and 24, it's to socialize our teenagers. And again, bringing in the typical teenagers into the program is it's dynamite. It's Marianne. Can I jump in? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, before I hang up, I was there when you first started this program, and the passion that you have behind it was amazing. And I can vouch firsthand that there was nonverbal, um, special needs, uh, young adults in there that blew my mind. I mean, I had a daughter with Down syndrome that attended their program as well, and my... Um, my other daughter attended there. It was the integration was wonderful. Um, I watched uh, nonverbal uh, special needs children open up, um, socialize. It was just a tremendous, amazing experience, and it did wonders for the parents as well. So I have to say that, and it was very, very special, and it touched my heart that I was. I can proudly say that I was a part of that program and the passion that Mary Ann had behind it was amazing. Amazing. The kids would go into the office with like food that we they would cook and stuff like that. And they would Mary Ann and Mike McGrath, they would all take the time, Carolyn, they would all take the time out to interact with them. Every time we would bust into the office with some food or some stuff like that that they made. And I just have to say Mary Ann, thank you so much. It has changed both of my children's lives as well as my own and i really really appreciate it and you have my full dedication to the day that thank i die you. thank you teppy and those kids have changed my life um all my kids have but i just can't say enough everybody knows and my several rolling their eyes she's gushing again about but it, it is an important program that again so many all of the programs are equal but there's something about our yeah. kids that come in who have not experienced that kind of inclusion um, and it's it's nothing that you know. Some of the kids just go to BOCES. They do different things. Some, and they're with us. I mean, some are aging out, and we're like, well, now we can kind of make them mentors. You know, you don't want to lose them. And it's uh, it's amazing to see the parents. And the parents, I said, come from all walks of life, and they really love that program. And Michael does amazing things. So, um, how can someone um, get involved from the outside if they don't have maybe a, a young child or to donate to the program or just to help the cause, the yes, how can someone on the outside or even our viewers watching donate or give their time, volunteer, whatever, to the yes, if they're interested in they doing something. They can call that. us. Okay. They can go on our website. It's a yes.com? Yes news. Yes news. Okay. Dot org. Yes. Okay. Or they can send, um, they can phone us at 631. 
587-5172. And uh, say you want to get involved. I mean, there are so many opportunities. You know, you might have a piece of furniture you want to donate. You might want to... We love to have mentors and volunteers and adults. It's, I know how hard it is, but it's not a big amount of time. I have staff, but it's it's just great to have uh, people come in. And I just want to shout out to Uplift Brentwood. They did an awesome activity on Saturday. They're an organization up and coming. I was uh, part of that. <laughs> See? And yes. um, on Saturday, I had, I had a baby shower. But I just want to say, Miguel, Terrell, Herbie, all of you guys out in over BYA, that's what it is about. Everybody doing something and, and, and the kids have a choice. So those guys are doing amazing things and girls, women over in uh, Uplift. There's so many groups that you well, wanna just say have yeah. supported us too and that we try to support. But uh, just call us. And if it's not a good fit with us, we know other organizations that we always refer to. And Carolyn Baez, not to understate, is a dynamic leader um, as director of programs, she came to us part time. Uh, she was, you know, in the business world in, in New York City, and she wanted to make a commitment to her child, and not be doing that, and just pick up part time work. And now she's the director of programs. So shout out to Carolyn because I know she, when I say just call, she's smiling. <laughs> right now. Yeah. But you know, whatever. Everyone gets it done. Juan Munez. There's so many people. I want to talk about somebody really special. Uh, he's such a great guy. I don't know if he's listening because I don't think he's on Facebook or whatever, but Mr. Elwood, everyone calls him. Elwood is a maverick at yes. He runs the Central Ice of Drop-In. He works with Island Harvest to bring food in. No matter the day, time, night, everybody calls Elwood. And uh, the kids love him. And he really, he works with PAL, the police department. He has some program over there. Definitely stop by over. It's now the senior center. But Elwood is a kid from Hempstead. He's not a kid anymore, and he came to us. You know, he had his own life challenges, and uh, well, we will do. Tall gentleman. Yes, right? Mr. Yeah, Elwood. He was at, he was at the, I think he was at. Yes, he yeah, was at. Of course, Elwood. I probably wasn't even paying the dude. He's so great. Let me say something. I just need to say this. So Elwood comes to us as a, and I'm going to tell you, he got involved as a volunteer. He said, "I want to give back." I don't know how he found us, but literally when he walked through those doors. I mean, one day I realized this dude, he's working 40 hours a week volunteering. So of course we have to hire people. And um, Elwood, you're the best. I don't know if you're listening to this, but everyone who works with Elwood, I, I know we'll get that back to him. And it's important to recognize that. So believe me, no one's getting rich here, but he's, you know, he's at Island Harvest at eight o'clock in the morning picking up food, fresh vegetables, produce, whatever he can do. I mean, he really is, he's, he's sitting on, probably some fast food line buying some kids food. And I'm yelling at him right now if he is, but I teach, but again, <laughs> but again, he's, he's, you know, and there's so many more like Miss Jewel, that whole group over there, Miss Amy, shout out to I Michelle. Think both, both of them are there. Excuse me? I think both of, both of those two ladies you just mentioned yeah, were yeah, there also. They, yeah, they, I think they, yeah, they, yes, were, they were both there. there. Yeah, we did see yeah. them when we were there. And then there are former staff that moved away that I sent this out to because I wanted to say, Miss Stephanie, I hope you got a chance to get on. I just think it's important whether you're there now or you, you were there that you were part of something that I think is really special. And I know that you're a former youth still with fond memories. 
And that's yeah, the thing. Definitely. And so many young people come up to me. I cannot go to the stores. I cannot go over to the Bayshore Mall. <laughs> I never get through it. I tell my friends, we're never getting out of here. And sure well, enough, they're like, no, we can just jump in. I'm like, you're never just jumping in. But they come up and, you know, you try to remember them. Tony and, and Kenny, I remember. <laughs> well, but some you don't as much or they've changed so much and they just come up to you and it's really good. They change. Well, <laughs> they get weird now. Here at Money Marvin Company, we I, I actually go and find some nostalgia that I had from Yes. And it was most likely that I found this picture that I have in my hand, which I'm going to let you see now. And then you can tell me. Hold on. Because you made that happen for me. Oh, my goodness. Wow. You made that happen for me. Do you me, know so. who this is? Yes, I know who that Tell is. Tell me who this is. That is Miss Coretta Scott King, and you sent me I there just... to meet that, that that lovely individual with Malcolm X's wife, who was there also. Oh, Betty which I did not. Yeah, she okay. was there also. Wow. Yes, Both of them I were remember. there, and you sent me there. I wish we could really share I wish that. I didn't have that That's vest on, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> oh, you know, he called himself DJ Face on that picture. You was Young Face. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Yes, but if it wasn't for the That's Yes Center, awesome. I would not have met, you know, oh, that, lovely, yeah. that lovely lady and uh, Miss Shabazz also, who was, like, very, very influenced in, in everything. You and, know, as you say that, man, DJ face off, you know. I was in Stop and Shop over there. Uh, I think it was that East Ice Lip on Sunrise, mm-hmm. and this gentleman, he just kept like walking past me or whatever, <laughs> and like, and I was going down one aisle, and I'm like, and he made it a point to like adjust me. Hey, how you doing? And I'm like, where do I know him from? I don't remember his name, but I'm just like. Oh, that was the guy from the award ceremony that we did. They did at the high school for me. I didn't know his name, but it was just like, and he just like really was like, and I was like, you know, just shopping, trying to hurry up and get out. And and he made it a point to like acknowledge me again. I was like, wow. Like, I, I, I can't remember his name, but he was one of the guys in that picture. I don't even have that yeah, picture there, there anymore. Was a- I ran into Mike at a at a supermarket. I was working during Halloween season, and I bumped into Mike real fast. So I've I've seen a lot of old people that we that used to be at the wreck, and you know we've had Renee to our show back then, mm-hmm. and um, it's a pleasure and honor Listen, for me man, to have you. Renee, we got Mary Ann. <laughs> we got Mary Ann. Renee's no not even watching. No, uh, kissing. I don't know if she. Is. No disrespect, Miss <laughs> Ortiz. So we got Mary Ann. I don't Miss want to get Mary beat up later. <laughs> you know, she said I gave her a long And we have somebody watching, Sylvia Diaz, I just want to say. Remember our Washington, D.C. trips? I mean, crazy times. And, oh. and, and <laughs> oh, 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 lots of memories, right, Sylvia? But uh, we're still doing this stuff. And she's over at, just to show you, I mean, she was doing her own thing. She didn't work for Yes, but it, everybody had a connection. She was out in, um, with the Red Cross, the youth part out in uh, the town of Brookhaven, and we all went down to D.C. And now she is the uh, executive director of the Suffolk Community College Foundation, which raises money for our kids to go to college. And she is some money. She so really it's like a scholarship money. program type Right, thing. so it just keeps going. And we had that opportunity to know Sylvia a long time ago, and she's still doing great things. So I just noticed that she was watching 
hopefully she's still watching. Jay and, and Liz uh, have just jumped in the group too now. So who? Jay and Liz. Oh, okay. Hey, Liz. So, Liz, so May, you know, Marianne, you know, Jay's over Ms. in Central Islip. Marianne, you know, she taking over everything, you know, shutting all the other organizations no, down. No, 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 no. <laughs> I need the other organizations. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm, I'm just... tired. You know what? Um, but anyway, there are certain programs that you never forget and certain people. And you guys definitely are uh, unforgettable for sure. And uh, there's so many kids, but you know what it's like even for you and the work you do when you try to go do something and you see so many people in just the past that's been phenomenal and they bring up different staff and their memories and i think that's important it's not just about did were you successful or not of course we want to be successful but there are a lot of kids who look back on us that we might have forgotten their names but that was a big deal right you know those summer programs you know that's just how it is that you, I remember when I was young, very, very recently, and, and I think back to the crazy teachers and the funny things that happen in the adults, you know? It's, it's um, we're really proud of that, that we can impact the kids and, and to have some parents call up and, uh, and say something. It's nice. I'm glad, I'm really glad that the YES program stayed alive and kept going and you guys expanded into so many different up. things and what's the future looking like for the YES program oh well um we just opened the clinic last year and that was that was a huge undertaking to get all the licensing and, and everything so we're and really what type of clinic on, is sometimes it's a mental health clinic okay so we well we have a facility we bought, bought in Brantwood and that uh, the state gave us some money to renovate, so we'll be housing the mental health clinic. Right now it's at 401. The town gave us some space to do it while we renovate the building, and it's going to uh, provide mental health services right there in Brentwood off of um, where, off of Washington, right behind Suffolk Ave. Mm -hmm. gotcha. So that's uh, uh, my next thing for the next year, learning about building a facility. Um, so that's one of our big so directions. you're trying to build the next Planned Parenthood and all that other oh, stuff. Oh, I don't want to be Planned Parenthood. That's Planned Parenthood. I I'm just, just messing want to with you, Mary. I'm just messing with you. She's like, I've no, got no. my colleagues. I, I have so many colleagues, Olga Slahemi, um, so many people out there that support us and, you know, working together. It's been, it's just been great. I can't say enough about so many people that support us. But the other thing we really want to look at are those services where we're talking about kids that are involved in the court system. Um, so it's a little bit not early intervention, it's a little bit getting towards the later intervention that still pick up those kids and the kids re-entering because that's where, you know, most of the kids, are, you know, most kids are good. You know, it's very few creating a lot of noise. Right. That's all it is. And they're creating the noise because they want to be heard. Right. They're in pain, they want to be heard. And so we're trying to listen. So in the meantime, though, we have programs for everybody because you don't just start a program and say, I'm putting all the kids who are troublemakers in the program, all the, quote, bad kids. You want to mix that up. You want to have experiences where kids who are good students who attend school regularly are impacting the other kids. But also that inclusion is important for all behavioral types. It's not you can't just isolate kids. A, a big thing for a long time in this country was like everyone's going to be in their own group of intelligence and behavior and, and that didn't really work. Kids need to be with each other, you know. We lift each other up. It's anywhere else we don't do that, you know. We, we work together. So I think 
um, that's our next thing is really working on the mental health services, deciding whether we want to go the substance abuse counseling route. I, I think all that goes hand in hand as, you know, substance abuse and kids getting drunk. Mm -hmm. I think all that goes hand in hand. So you'll find a way to kind of, you know, make the two work together as one. Because when people say, I'm going to evaluate you for mental health, you know, they do a clinical and all that other stuff. Now, what determines that I'm crazy, right? If that's the right. Oh, well, it's not crazy. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't, you know what, crazy is okay. a word. You know what, I don't want to, let me not use that word, because, I mean, when we say crazy right. in the urban way, it's like, yes. hey, you know, it's quirky fun. You know what I mean? It's different. But, you know, people, you know, it's like, how could I say this, like, when people want to give people these diagnoses and tell them, you know, that you have bipolar, you're emotionally disturbed, you're this or you're that, like, how do you go about doing that? Is it through conversation, ob you know, observation? You know, I, I'm just curious about that because I see... A lot of regulations on how you do it. You can't just label. You have to be able to verify, prove. But I think that we really, we really look at ADHD. So it's not really a negative label, it's how do we get this young person, this child to learn better? How, how do we bring the stress and the anxiety of learning away from the child? You see a lot of ADHD, because um, it, it, kids are very distracted, they're, um, they're all over the place, and a lot of our kids, you know, you know this, these yeah, kids are not, they have higher intelligence a lot of times too. So. That's the interesting thing. But I mean, we don't have a label. I don't believe I have to check emotionally disturbed because that would be very, I know schools used to, absolutely. Um, that's all changed. Um, behavioral, you might say behavioral issues, behavioral health it is better than mental health. Unfortunately, the name, the licensing is mental health clinic, but it is behavioral health. See y'all, as I said, language, right? You can call it one thing, but to me, it all right. means the same right. thing. I, I and I don't think there's most people who have addiction without some behavioral mental health issues. Absolutely, you're right. I think that that, I mean, they're co-occurring, they're co but I think that, uh, I think we, if we get some interventions early, that's the idea is to prevent the mental health issue from growing and impacting the child's life into adulthood, but also other bad choices that people make. Definitely. Now, with, if, with all the different subheads of the challenges that kids face, um, the gangs, the drug dealing, different things like that, drug addiction. Do you think that there's one that you guys focus more on or one is a priority right now because it's so bad it's in comparison to the other or are they all on a level of we gotta tackle them all or is there one that the YES program is fully invested in focusing on because it's such a big problem? Well, what always happens typically is we all go off on to focus on let's focus on heroin and certainly that's important but then we lose sight of alcohol right yeah and then we lose sight of this i mean um i think that what yes focuses on and there are different strategies depending on what you're trying to do but i think we focus on positive youth development have we given this young person the opportunity in each and every program even if it's an open gym to expand their world and to experience something positive because that's like the first step the child can't experience something positive doesn't feel they want to be on this earth you know we, yeah. we don't talk about it but there's suicide or right. again suicide can be suicide of your life and you're still living and now you're in prison mm. so i think that 
what our mission is is to go back to that positive youth development that let's give them an opportunity if you've never left centralized and we have kids who literally have never left centralized it's shocking let's just go to a farm and apple pick something as simple as that changes the way you view the world like there's a farm on long island you have many kids how many staff have said to me there are farms i'm like wow so it's perspective. Yes. So I think that's what we're trying to do. But again, then we bring in strategies. Okay, this child needs a mentor because he's at risk or he, his family, you know, again, we have generational gang group membership, yeah, as you yeah, would call definitely. it. That's another issue we're facing. Yeah. So now, you know, you're dealing with a father that might be gang involved. So what are you saying to the kid about that then? So do you ever have to use the word gangs? We bring in groups strong, direct, directly says, this is what happens when you're in a gang. But for us, kids who are going to go in gangs are getting other needs met. It's not just one need. So Absolutely. what are those needs that we can meet and stop using the negative words? We always use them, but we try to use positive words. So we're just trying to impact Find mentorship. Right? Because if I say to you, you belong in an anti-gang group, what does that say to you? Why did I pick you? Well, I may actually see that, and we may talk about it. Maybe the school says, or maybe the parent says, well, she spends time with her dad, and you know, he's a gangbanger, he's in the... Well, if I say this is the gang program, that's why you notice par four, Alex Lopez's program. You know, we called off the record gangs to golf, but we didn't really, that was just our thing. Yeah, but yeah. it was called par four. He does life skills in there. He doesn't sit there and talk about gangs. We talk about negative behaviors and choices. But you don't sit there and say this is the gang program. Right. That's for our strategy. I will not. I don't want to criticize anyone else's strategy. For us, we want to keep it real, keep it positive, because isn't that what it's about? Right. Absolutely. So, if I want to teach uh, somebody to have a work ethic, don't I have to pay them to go to work? Mm. Because a lot of people would not get up every day and go to work if it weren't for the paycheck. Right. I mean, not every job. I have a great job. I love it. There are days I don't want to go. I think that's with any job. But I'm fortunate. Not everybody's that way. So, you know, what are the other values? We're working hard. Well, if I'm making minimum, you know, we get into all of that. So what can we do to build self-respect and pride? Sometimes you may not have the greatest job, but if I ask that parent, do you want to come volunteer? That's, a, that's, that's something a lot of our parents have never been asked. Change yeah. the dialogue you're having with the parent. You know, when a parent comes to me and they're upset about something, I just, first of all, you have to listen. And then after that, it's like, wow, listen to what they're saying. They usually bring a lot of information to the table, not about their child, about kids in general. Yeah. You know, and they, and so just asking that, change that dynamic where, you know, now that parent is on your side in the sense they're about that positive youth development. Right, you know, right. It's not always easy. I mean, our parents, you know, parents feel very put out sometimes, especially with a child that's been a behavioral issue. Right. They're constantly getting the negative calls. So again, they give up. Carolyn Baez, we work on let's change that conversation with that parent. And um, sometimes it can't be changed. There might be a particular incident, but still bring it back to what can the parent do as opposed to what the parent didn't do, right? Yeah. Think about when yeah. somebody's saying that to you all the time. And it's not that they don't care. Sometimes they're, what do I do next? So it's nice to have a mental health clinic. Not to say your child is crazy. They're not. That something else is going on and maybe there's a way we can help so go to the programs, but spend an hour where that's their time with somebody who's not judging them, not the teacher, not the school, not the aunt, not Marianne from Yes. This is, even though it's a Yes program, they're not feeding us the information. It's for them. And we try to create that. 
with the kids and they have goals and they they they, yeah. they come up with a plan with the clinicians it's not like sit here t you know it's not that path like making everything so dire it's really they take action they have an action plan they're mm -hmm. part of their treatment plan on what they're going to do it's amazing right, and right. those clinicians do great work just using different techniques to tap into that person and find in different ways i get it i get what you're saying and I get it, the it's like it. so important to have programs like this that geared towards helping people when they're not incarcerated anymore or what to do after because that way right. it keeps them from well, going back you know. Yeah, and that you already have such a history, so you really have to, you know, bring them back. We do portfolios. We do them with all of the kids, but it was originally born out of the OCFS facility, so shout out to OCFS for saying, so we have this kid incarcerated, now he's going to go back, he's 17, he needs to get a job. What can he say? He was incarcerated. So what we do is we find the things that the kids did. Everybody has something they did, whether it was good attendance, whether it was an art project, whether it was a CD back in the day when you were cutting CDs. Let's, let's figure out what it is, what they're good at. So they, they build up this portfolio. Or then they go out and do things to get it on their portfolio, get a letter for volunteering at the church. Pretty soon, and it's on a flash drive, it's really cute. Pretty soon that this portfolio tells a story about them, not the story that right. maybe the they courts might the tell. Penal right. system is and also, I'll shit. tell you, the judges love it, and they work with us, and I'm gonna say that in probation, so. Um, Everyone's getting to that. We're getting on the page now because we realize the other way isn't working. Right. As our, our situations increase. And I don't know what the increase is for, but life is a lot more complicated even than when you were a kid. Definitely. You know, this, this stuff is great, but there's a lot. Our kids are growing up fast. With, and with the internet, stuff. social mm -hmm. media, you know, temptation, yeah, just in general. Right. Easy access in general for mm -hmm. kids to have access to things that kids back in the day didn't have access. Everything's literally at, the, at the, your fingertips. If you're not old enough to drive, you can get on the phone and call an Uber and leave your house and yeah. be able to pay for an Uber without a license. You didn't, you, know, you couldn't do that years ago. Yeah, you know, I remember, like, like you said, you couldn't do that. Like, we had to walk to our friends' houses five blocks. Oh, this person's not home. You know what? Uh, I right. gotta walk over to the hangout. Yeah. You know, because you mean? probably couldn't call. You might not. <laughs> Yeah. Had a cell phone back we didn't then. have phones and <laughs> and now how easy it is kids are texting their older brothers when we have a problem in the program right. life is very i mean we're we don't even know it and the older brothers are showing up and how do you diffuse that and the, and the staff and the training for that times are different you gotta go to a pay phone to do that yeah. now yeah. it's a text yeah, times but, was so old. Yes. i mean the kid but i mean i love technology i love the advancements we just need to use it right with the kids and we need to get them on that page because the bullying is a whole nother thing we work a lot in that and just to talk about a few things just so i can say them different um community leaders and there are so many and different uh, even elected officials i mean you know they they they're there for a purpose they've taken on new roles that we didn't see 20 years ago of um, really coming to the programs, listening, saying, this is what I wanna see. Can we do this? What can we do? And I think that that's a change for the better. I mean, they're the ones making laws. So let them see the kids, let them understand there is another way than incarceration. There is another way. And listen, there are some kids who really need much more restrictive <laughs> Trust me, I'm not saying that. So, you know, I, I, and just to, think of the different initiatives that people have worked on um, and and Senator Boyle you know he, he's a big advocate for yes and other programs not just yes and and I think of those times that we've come with the crazy idea I don't know if he's watching but uh, he knows about it and you know where it's like what are you gonna do 
And that's okay. You know, we need to be challenged by saying, is this something? You know, what are our goals here? But uh, again, we're lucky. We work with all sides of the political spectrum. Everybody's supportive because at the end of the day, it's really about those kids and impacting those children's lives. And there's nobody, I don't care if they're conservative, Republican, Democrat, independent, there's nobody who does not want the best for all of our kids. And I, I can say that. Yeah. You know, even if it doesn't look that way sometimes when the politics get started, one-on-one, -on -one, talking, understanding, everybody cares about these kids. So basically what she's saying, folks, is screw the politicking and the propaganda, do something about it, <laughs> do something in your community, don't just sit back and talk about it. Volunteer! You know, you know? Get, out and, get out and actually help, man. Um, and a lot of those elected officials do actually volunteer and come and do things and spend time and want to be involved um, and are doing so many different coalitions in the community, putting together things. Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed I to like mention this. I like that word you use, coalition. Right. <laughs> That's the buzzword. Um, but I want to just say, like, we have so, I, I, and the supervisor can go after me tomorrow, but the town of Isop, I know, is putting together um, uh, a heroin task force, opioid. I mean, you know, we're, we're at that point. What is going on in our town? What do we need? And that task force doesn't mean they're going to bang down doors and arrest people. Task force means what are the needs? Are we meeting them? Who is going to, who can meet them? What can we do? And I think that's important at the very localized levels. I mean, the county has the anti-gang task force uh, that Ballone has, uh, the county exec Ballone. Um, you know, Monica Martinez put together community, uh, a community group, CLC, um, and it goes from there. And so, and I don't want to leave anyone out. There's so many, and they're elected officials. A lot of people always have a negative connotation. Listen, they're, if they're your elected official, say you want these things, not just yes, whatever it is. Advocate, advocate, advocate. Of course, we love if you advocate for us, but there are so many other groups. Like I just shout out to Uplift Brentwood. Those are the things I like to do. Um, because I think they're important. I, yes is not all things to all people. And, and we need community partners. Definitely. Folks, I just want to say, man, for everyone who tuned in, caught us live, listen, if you didn't catch the show tonight, you can still catch it on Facebook at the Strong Island Radio Television page on Facebook. Yes. You know, um, before we go out, and then Marianne, let the people know where they can find you via social media, you know, office number, not personal number. She ain't interested. <laughs> that was my office number. Did I say 516? No. <laughs> That's scary. No. Wow. Um, yeah, well, you know, send me an email. MAP, which is map, at yesnews.net. Go on our website, yesnews.org. Um, we have Facebook. You can find us. We have uh, Instagram. We tweet. I'm not sure we're Snapchatting yet. That makes me nervous. But uh, <laughs> Juan Munoz will tell you all about my nervousness about that. But anyway, I think uh, I, I'm so happy that I got to spend this time seeing Kenny and Tony. I'm, you're laughing because I'm using those names. <laughs> I can't help it. It's a. Uh... And thank you, everybody, for tuning yeah. in and watching. You know, I, I just, like I said, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you come. 
Sis here with Money Mob and Company and you being our special company for the night. I mean, I, people probably will get mad at me like, why does he keep posting this? But I'm actually glad that you came and you touched on a lot of critical community issues that and gave information that people can use. There are resources out there. There's programs. There's people you can call if you have an issues with your children. Maybe you can't reach out to them. You ain't gonna speak to Marianne, but you will be able to speak to one of her active representatives. So, and knowing you since I was 12 years old to today, thank you so much, and you're a wonderful person. And, oh, thank you. And thanks for coming down to the show. And like I said, I've learned a lot of life lessons from you and just different people from your organization. And I'm glad that you actually did our show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yeah. Got a lot of good information. And listen, folks, I'm going to leave y'all with this term. This is a metaphorical term for math. Basic arithmetic is subtraction and addition. So, folks, please decrease the apathy, increase the consciousness. Peace and love. That is our time. We will see y'all next Sunday night. Same time, same bat channel. 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. StrongIslandTV.com. Y'all can catch the ride with DJ Faceoff. He gonna play. I don't know what tonight, but we will be honoring the late Great Big and a couple of other uh, artists I know. You know what I mean? But Facebook Live, we love you guys and make sure y'all y'all miss the show with Mary and y'all make sure y'all follow up and we'll catch it because it's not going nowhere. But that is our time, and we will see y'all next week. Thank you for watching. Thank you. All right, for y'all who's still there, don't forget to go over to strongisland.tv for the uh, ride with myself. It's in the uh, Evernote that Marianne has sent to everyone. Just go to the second link and click that, and you're all good to go. We will see you in a couple of seconds. <laughs> <laughs>